And welcome into another edition of More Outdoors. Glad to have you along with us. You know, each and every week we have different featured programs on More Outdoors. And I did hear from Josh Goins, who co-hosts the Flyways Foulmouth Radio with me. And he wanted me to alert the audience that we will be having uh, Ronnie Doucette come on. And also Jeff Foyles, uh, they are coming on because they've really traveled a lot this year in different areas and uh, can bring some added information to everyone that uh, we otherwise have not gotten as far as the migration of waterfowl this year. So that's going to be coming up uh, 8 to 9 on February the 1st, and a lot of you have been wanting to hear the replay. It is now up on the website, so go to the 1228 show and check out the 8 to 9 airing, and you can hear that first program we did with Josh Goins of the Flyway Federation. All right, this morning uh, it is Hunt Fish Talk to start off. That will be followed by the North Shore Fishing Report, of which uh, is hosted by Keith Lusher, who joins us now, as does the Bayou Woman, Wendy Billiard. Lady and gentlemen, welcome aboard. Good morning. Good morning. Y'all ready Hope for I'm this not Arctic keeping y'all from fishing or honey. Oh, yeah, I can use it. I'm ready. <laughs> I still got some more logs I got to burn in the fireplace, so I'm looking forward <laughs> hey, to it. Hey, Wendy, have y'all got. Have you got word down there in Dulage yet that there's a front coming? Has it gotten down there? The word. <laughs> Somebody said that the other day, and I just laughed. <laughs> We've had fog you know, I was watching, all week this week. I don't know how it's been I up was there. Watching but... you. Oh, it's been foggy. I was watching you at 4 a.m. this morning on Bayou Wild's uh, Cajun Invasion uh, edition <laughs> episode. Well, you had a really good time. I don't know if I've ever seen you have so much fun as you did on that show. Oh, I had a blast. I absolutely loved it. Yep, it was great. So I'm you coming back, back, 2020? Yeah, I'd me like too. to. Me I'd too. certainly like to. Yep. Well, if anybody that missed that show, uh, Keith, Le- uh, Chris Lecoq outdid himself on the video on that. It is some gorgeous footage he's got there. And well, he's very talented. What episode was it, Don? Could you tell us again? <laughs> 62? The number? Oh, I don't yeah, remember I think... the number, but it's the Cajun. It's the one that's running right now. Or, you you know, you can go back to Bayou Wild uh, TV and look at it on YouTube. And, you know, they keep them all there. All right. Um, here's, a, here's the mission this morning. We're going to talk about speckled trout. And I'm going to try to simplify this for the listeners as, as best I can. It, it's a little bit of a technical, quick, you know, issue. But to try to simplify it, uh, this first came out. On March 14th last year is when I received the first press release saying that an early draft showed that speckled trout numbers are down uh, due to overfishing, and the evaluation was underway. So the long-awaited evaluation was finally released last week. Jason Adrians, who was the biologist handling that, came on with me for some 40 minutes or so, and we discussed it in, in length. And basically, this is what I came away with, that... They said that it has been overfished, our speckled trout stock, since 2014. It occurred six out of the ten most recent years. So that being said, uh, to correct an overfishing, you've got to put in underfishing. In other words, you've got to leave more fish in the water. You've got to keep less speckled trout. The big question is, how is that achieved? Well, you can do it by limiting the size or increasing the minimum size, which is going to leave smaller fish in the water, more of them. Or you can reduce the quantity, which if someone has to stop at their limit sooner than 25, then that also saves some fish, as they put it, keeps them in the water. There's some questions about how long is this going to take. 
Uh, is it a five-year plan? Uh, they want to see that SPR, the spawning potential ratio, back up to safe levels by the year 2025. So it wasn't clear if uh, we're going to set these regulations in stone for five years and then do a reevaluation then, or will there be an ongoing evaluation process? And if we see, and this is a big question, if we see that we overcompensated with underfishing, if you will, and the numbers have gone back up, do we restore the limits back up again to compensate for the error in trying to correct the overfishing, if any of that makes sense. So what do you guys come away with? Uh, Keith, we'll start with you. Well, look, I, I looked through the latest official assessment, and it doesn't look all that different from what we saw last spring uh, from the leak numbers. But one thing I noticed from uh, when we first started talking about this last spring, it, it seems like this is legitimate as far as the Department of Wildlife Fishery goes. You know, um, it's a shame to say that the last few things that the department proposed were met with, you know, staunch objection. And uh, we've just been programmed to think if there's an ulterior motive here. But but after hearing uh, Jason Adrian's and, and seeing the numbers, it seems like this is something that they really too aren't too uh, enthusiastic about doing, but they have to do it. Uh, to bring the speckled trout population back up. So they definitely have our, our best interest in mind. So looking through the graphs and the final numbers, uh, the four things that I came away with that you really can't ignore is, is the spawning stock biomass is at its lowest levels ever. Number two, recreational landings are at their lowest level since 1990. Um, number four, uh, three is females at the age of three and over is at its lowest levels ever and female spawning recruitment is at its lowest levels level. So that's something you can't get past, um, and that's something that could spell, you know, danger for this fish in, in, in Louisiana. Uh, but I say danger, you know, I don't think we're talking about wiping them out or anything. I think we're a ways from that ever happening. But as far as taking ac- action to improve the numbers and the size of these fish, I think the department has, has to do something, and I, and I think the public is on board for the most part, um, so maybe we can work together and, and get some feedback from the fishermen. But with that being said, I think they have biologists that know, you know, what needs to be done. And, and it's all in the science and the biology as far as what the estimate, you know, what they estimate um, certain limits adjustments will translate into in, in, in the upcoming years. But I did learn a lot from Jason Adrian on your show when you interviewed him. And um, I didn't know that um, – it didn't really matter what size these fish were. I, I, I was always thought that uh, if they had a, a certain size that the females had to be, they produced more eggs or whatnot. But um, he, he said that it really doesn't matter as far as the, the size of those fish. Wendy, your overview of the whole situation. Oh, man. Um, well, you know, I kind of get hung up on trying to figure out graphs and things and yes and I, I did listen to your radio show with uh with Jason. Something that I noticed <clears throat> in looking at the graph on landings, you know, we had a really hard freeze in the snow in nineteen eighty nine. Do y'all remember that? Eighty nine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. And so in ninety that's when the numbers um, on recreational landings drop way down. So I, I did we have a really hard winter in 2017? Because it's the same uh, pattern. Our numbers dropped way down 
in 2018. Yeah, I think we had a good we have freeze a hard freeze? 17, 16 or 17, one of those. It's all on the graph, though, if you look. Um, I don't know if, if it if it shows the wintertime stuff, but for us, you know, weather isn't going to really, really hard, hard freezes. It's something that happens very, very rarely down here. Um, Keith, you touched on something about the uh, the size. What Jason said about the females is that older females lay. What did he say, Don? They lay, they lay more eggs, but there are less of those three three year old plus age female fish. So you have right. younger female fish that lay less eggs, but there are more of those fish. That's right. that's what balances that out, and it wouldn't make any difference. Right. And as far as um, Increasing the size limit, what that does in essence, if the fact sheet that I've read several times in the, on the Sea Grant website, if that, that information is true, is that male fish, it, it ends up putting, because male fish don't reach 14 inches or larger until three years of age, if we do that, if we raise the size limit to something like 14 inches, we are, in essence, putting the pressure on the female fish. Huh. Yeah, that's so always been the rub with flounders because it's, it's even a more drastic size difference between male and female flounders. And when you start putting a size limit on the flounders, then you target the females, and that is never good in, in any management program, whether it's deer or birds or, or anything else, you know. Well, I think that's a really important factor to consider, and if anybody mm-hmm. wants more of that information, if you plan to go to a public hearing, and, I mean, not everybody knows everything, you know, about the biology and the habitat and all that of a trout just because they fish it. So do a Google search for Louisiana Sea Grant uh, Spotted Trout Fact Sheet because it's very, very enlightening. If um, We can't just off the cuff say, well, let's just let's – just raise the you know the size limit to 14 well you know we can't do that without having some kind of impact on the female population so um what one of the generalities that i came away with and it really bothers me is that this these recommendations these four five six recommendations in essence yes there's going to be some public comment but it's going to be left to the commission to decide. And my problem with that, and I know this is how our our system works, but those commissioners are not marine biologists. I would really love to have seen a more definitive response and recommendation from our biologists in this regard. Because these are options that anybody could have come up with. These are recommendations that we all sit around and talk about. Well, we could do this or we could do that. Or You understand what I'm saying? I would have liked to have yeah, well, a think... more firm recommendation from the biologist. Yeah. This is what well, we I tried really, my truly... best. <laughs> well, I tried my best that... to, get that, to get that out of them, but it's not there yet, and I think it's going to be an ongoing process. I think the purpose of his first initial release of data was strictly that, give you an idea of, 
you know, what happens with size limitations and what happens with quantity and creole limitations, and then put it out for discussion and find out somewhere where the social impact is going to meet because that is really almost as important as the biological part of it because, you know, you can, you know, do the biology, but if you, you at what cost? Will you be closing marinas? Will fishing guides go out of business? Will the tourism suffer? Will the recreational boating and tackle industry suffer? You know, all those things are, are really to be considered when you you start making some of these changes. So I think they're being very careful about throwing hard and firm regulations out until the discussion gets going. And then somewhere down the line, uh, they'll they'll arrive at what has to be done and at what cost it'll be. Well, if we talk about reducing the daily creel limit, even if we reduce it to 15, taking into consideration that Jason said none of these ways will be the fastest way. You know, reducing the daily take or increasing the size limit, neither one of those can be pinpointed as this is the fastest way to increase the speckled trout population. Okay, so we need to keep that in mind. But if we reduce our take to 15 a day, because the draw for coming to fish speckled trout in South Louisiana as opposed to the other Gulf states is because we have such liberal limits. That is the draw. That is the attraction. People, people, men who hire guides come here for a meat haul. They do. That's what they do. But if even if we reduce it to 15, we are still higher than the other Gulf states. That limit is right. still I mean, much I'm higher. A, I'm a play. significantly higher. I'm, I'm... I'm going to be devil's advocate here, and then we're going to go into a break, which we need to do very badly. But the, the, And I asked him about reducing to 15 or 10. When you look at the average trip of an angler per person, it's somewhere between 1 and 3. So if you go from 25 to 15 or 10 and only do a, a, a creel limit without a size change, are you really saving fish? And that's the, what you got to do. You've got to save fish, leave more in the water. If they're not catching them, they ain't leaving more in the water by releasing them, you see, or not catching as many. Anyway, we got to take a break on that. We'll come back and get your comments and thoughts on that. You're listening to Hunt Fish Talk. I'm Don Dubuque. Keith Lusher, Wendy Billyot. We're talking speckled trout situation. It is going to be a long, drawn-out, well-talked-out issue over the next coming months for sure it's a very popular fish maybe the most popular in salt water and we're trying to hash out some of the issues dealing with it so you as a as a, as a user can make an informed decision when you voice your opinion on what you'd like to see we're back right after this all right we're talking about a very serious and uh, soon to be a controversial issue uh, management and recovery of the speckled trout population in louisiana department of wildlife and fisheries has determined it is overfished has been overfished for a number of years and have offered some recovery options nothing uh, very definitive at this point but saying that creel limit changes, size limit changes, combinations of creel and size, including slot limits, uh, maybe closing a fishery or some special regulations that would, following a significant freeze, would require further development of those options. So those are the, the tools that they have to leave more fish, or as they put it, save fish in the water, because that's what it's going to take to reach a safe 
spawning potential ratio. Keith, as far as the, the number reduction, do you get the same feeling that I do that, you know, the chart shows that 30% of the anglers catch one trout, that 15% catch three, and 10%, I mean two, and, and 10% catch three. So you've got a total of 30, 50, 45, 55% of the anglers are catching three fish or less. Yeah, if you go yeah. from 25 to 15 and say, okay, we're fine now, does that make sense to you that that's a workable option? <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to figure out this. I'll tell you, one thing that stuck out to me that Jason said was 1% of the population of trout is affected by the charter captains. Do you find that surprising, that number? Now, wait a no, minute. I don't. Let's clarify I that. Don't. No, wait. Let's clarify that. He was saying that a guide's limit, if you take away the guide's limit, it only right, reduces right. the overall catch by 1%. Not charter yeah. trips. Because, I mean, based on what we just said, about 55% of recreational anglers only catch how many? Three fish? Um, right. We could safely say that our fishery is overfished by charter guides, I would think. Is that not reasonable deduction? Charter trips. Yeah. Do um, they have num- actual numbers on charter trips? I mean, if he, he had a number on what, what the actual charter captains catch themselves uh, for their daily creel is only no, 1%. and I think that's I think that's vital information and something I was going to mention, Keith. I think that's a very valid question. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need mm-hmm. to clarify that for sure. But it's still, either way, it represents, excuse me, a small percentage. So saying, you know, I've had people that, you know, send me text messages and email and say, well, the solution is stop those damn charter captains. They're catching all the fish, you know, whether it's themselves or them and their customers. And it represents a small percentage of the total amount of fish that are taken. Because, look, we got a lot of people out there on weekends and during the week. Just go out there when the fishing's on and the weather's decent and see how many people are out there on a Thursday. I know when I started doing fishing game reports on Thursdays, you'd hardly see a boat. Now, it's like, does anybody work anymore? What's the deal? You know. Well, and I, I think we have work. a lot more charter guides than we had 10 years ago. Yeah. We do. Well, we touched we on. Do. Yeah, we do. We touched on yeah. um, the, 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 the bag limit. But let's talk about the size limit. You see, that's where I think the, the biggest recovery option is going to come from. When you look at that chart, as you go up every inch, there's a whole lot more fish that are going to be kept in the water by doing that. Yeah. Well, you know, you point to, you know, yeah, the, the size the size limit something people don't think. We think we're going to have to do a daily career limit, lower that, and then increase the size limit. But if you increase that size limit, you're automatically taking care of uh, any kind of fish caught below that number. So they're throwing those fish back. So in turn, you're you're putting a size limit on these fish, and you're getting fish thrown back. So that that may be an option. But what about the fact that the males don't reach 14 inches until three plus years of age? Yeah, then we're putting true. the pressure on the female population, the spawning population. Well, what about I don't that, know Don? what's what, I don't know what size is the, the breakdown where they most of the ones caught are going to be females, you know whether that's fourteen, fifteen, or, or where. But you know that's you know then they got the option of the slot limit. You know that's what Alabama did. Alabama was faced with this just recently, and I followed it. 
and they did the exact same thing. They, they made some recommendations, and then they held public hearings, and people turned out, and, and they came away with a slot limit where they've got 15, which is a pretty good-sized trout, and 22 inches. And then one over 22 is all you can keep, and they reduced it to six fish per person with a slot limit. So, you know, that would that work okay, here? I don't no, know. All no, I can no. do is compare it to... Let me compare this to the redfish issue. Back in the late 80s, uh, you couldn't hardly keep a, catch a redfish over 12 inches. I mean, it, it was bad. They were on the point of extinction. They had a lot of pressure on them from the offshore uh, purse saners. Uh, they had gill nets were illegal for redfish. That was a commercial fish. It was for sale. You had the recreationals turning their, their, their target to them, and they were in very bad shape. Now, I mean, you know, it's, they put the slot limit in. And, look, how many people feel like they can't go out and catch five redfish? You know, can it get to that with trout? To where, let's say they go to five or six trout. But every time you go, you can come back with a limit of them and still catch and release them like we do with redfish. Would the public be happy with that, you think? Boy, I think, you know, something that we're seeing is the public is more on board with this than I originally thought when these when these numbers were leaked. So, that, that oh, I don't think so. I, I don't, think, don't so. think so. No, my well, survey, when I did the opinion, well, listen to this. Let me run by you the opinion poll. Here's what the solution was. Reduce 25 to between 10 and 15. 70% of the people wanted to do that. Increase it from 12 inches up, only 17%. Slot limit like reds, 4%. Open and close seasons, 4%. No changes, 4%. Limit the number of anglers, 0 and reduce the 25 to below 10, zero. That sounds to me like people don't want to give up their speckled trout fillets. Well, I don't know. That percentage of no change is what, what was, would you say the no change percentage was? 4%. That's still once a 12 okay. inch and 25 per person. Yeah. I'm That's so, very so anything small. other than that wants change. So I'm just thinking of. Well, I mean, but 70%, 70% would be good to, 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 to go to 10 to 15. And that's not going to work. Oh, that's not going According to work. Well, you look at the numbers when the average fisherman is 55% of them are catching three or less. If you mm-hmm. go from 25 to 15, how much impact is that going to be? And only 17% wanted to go up from 12 inches. And I don't know how that would break down if you told them it was going to be 15. It may be 2%. Oh. I, I don't think yeah. the public is. I think they're willing to do something. But I don't mm-hmm. know if they're willing to take the deep cuts that, that I think is going to be suggested from this. Wendy, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's a guessing game, and that's the part I hate about this. <laughs> Where's your white coat? I, 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 what, Keith? Where's your white coat? <laughs> oh, man, I know, right? Uh-huh. I just, I'm still, I'm still, my brain's still working on the slot limit. I'm I'm trying to think of a of a scenario. So Don, let's just let's just let's just pick a scenario for for slot and 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 creel, okay? Let's say we can take 10 between 14 inches and 20 inches and only one of those can be over 20. Is that a is that a possible scenario? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, whether but that would still, work or not. Okay, let's and and so that's going to be a charter trip situation. 
based on that, 55% of the population can't catch trout, okay? So is that going to have a big impact? Is it going to have enough of an impact? I just don't know that any any one thing is going to make that much difference. Yeah, I think you hit on something there. I, I think it's going to have to be a combination. Now, you could do it with size, but at what cost? You know, and, and, and putting the pressure and, on whatever the female they population, do, that's the cost. That that's also part of it, and also you're going to leave a lot of fish in the water if you go too high on the size limit. Uh, but that may be what it needs. That may be what it takes. Huh? Well, there's a, there's another option, but how soon are you going to break? <laughs> Right now, and think about it, we are breaking right now, we'll come back. Yeah, I got some text messages coming in too, maybe we'll include those comments. We'll be right back, you listen to Hunt Fish Talk, we're talking speckled trout, overfishing, six years has been going on according to the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, they're talking about some recovery options over a five year period by 2025, and then some permanent better management options. All that being talked about right here on Hunt Fish Talk. We're back right after this. All right, we're getting a lot of combinations being texted in here, what people are suggesting, and I'm sure the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries will be hearing this because the public will be asked to attend some public hearings, hear the program. Uh, Hopefully they'll have a good understanding of what reduction in size limits and creel limits and slot limits implementation and possibly fishery closures as an alternative will mean and what that will have as far as the social and economical impact. Wendy, you had something I know on your mind you wanted to continue here. Yes, and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot with all my charter guide friends down here. But here's another option. How about on charter guide trips, if 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 we decide, let's leave the uh, every you know the the common recreational anglers limits at 25, and just reduce the limits, the daily limits, on the charter fishing trips. Because well, Keith, by re- by do you think that would have much impact? <clears throat> well, if they're responsible for the lion's share of the speckled trout being overfished, yes, it would. Well, they're if not, according to the statistics. Correct. No, the, 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 if the figures are correct, they're, they're a very small part of the reason for overfishing. Huh. I don't know. I don't know about changing that. Uh, was was that in the graph, Don? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's on that angler trip harvest frequency chart. Hmm. You see that little spike where it says 25? They had a little spike. The numbers, you know, people that are catching, you know, close to the limit goes way, way down. I mean, it's like 1%. And then there's a little bit of a jump when it got to the 25. And uh, Jason said that accounted because the professional anglers are out there every day. They, they're better fishermen. They have better access. They they know what's going on. They can read the water. They're just better fishermen. But it's a small percentage of the overall take of the fish. I don't yeah. see how that how that jives with. It's just numbers, the Wendy. Can uh, it's only Wendy. You know how many you know how many people we have fishing saltwater in this state. 
you know, because it's hard to tell because we got a lot of kids that don't require licensing. We got elderly people that don't require licensing. We got a lot of people that don't bother to buy licenses. And then you've got the ones that actually have a saltwater license. I mean, we've got hundreds of thousands of people. And when you look at number of charter guides, it's very small. I know it looks like they're catching a lot of fish, and they they post on social media their advertisements. They they want people to come. Obviously, anybody in any business has to make their product look good and sound good. And your chances of catching more fish with a guide are a lot higher than without one, for sure. But the overall take and 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 the benefit of saving fish by eliminating the guides catch according to these statistics, doesn't have a lot of impact. Now, a lot of people don't buy the science. If you don't believe that you have no confidence in the science, well, then that throws everything out. But, you know, one other thing that was been brought up was, you know, one thing that they don't include in all of this is freshwater diversions. They don't include bad coastal erosion, loss of estuary, loss of habitat. They strictly, and I think it's the right way to do it, they go strictly by that SPR. That way, Uh given no matter what the conditions are, the habitat conditions, that SPR is a reflection of the health of your stock. Whether it be 10 fish or it be a million fish, you know, whatever that habitat that you have will support, that SPR number is the one to go by. I understand that. that, That's something that's leaking into these numbers is the freshwater diversion. I understand they can't, you know, they can't let that affect their numbers the numbers have to be the numbers but that's always in the back of my mind is these freshwater diversions uh pushing these trout further out i mean the majority of folks that fish the recreational fishermen fish inshore um so that's where mm-hmm. the diversions are happening so that's i think that's definitely bleeding into the numbers but here's another concept to consider if we did not have the amount of fresh water that has come in recently and as much habitat had been lost, then we would not be overfishing. We're overfishing based on the given habitat, the suitable speckled trout habitat. You see what I'm saying? Back when we had a lot of estuaries and we had higher salinities and we didn't have as much fresh water in places, you could stand to catch more trout. You know, 25 Mm -hmm. at 12 inches might have been great. But now with the loss of habitat, if you continue with 12 inch at 25, it's overfished. I don't know. It makes sense to me. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I still don't understand the overfish thing. Do they automatically come to the fact that it's overfished just because there's less fish in the water, or how do they get to the overfished definition? It's the spawning potential ratio, which is the amount of the spawning stock that is left in the water to reproduce and replenish the species. That's the SPR, and that is a number. They, I don't know offhand what it is. Each species has a different number, and they check on that SPR. They evaluate it every so many years, and it had been several years since they did an SPR count on the speckled trout, and when they did, it's, well, whoa, lo and behold, we're way behind. we got to do some recovery on them. So the number of anglers actually fishing it falls into that equation of overfish, correct? The number of Wait, licenses that, that they see sold, the number of anglers that are fishing, the number of people that are fishing, somehow they have to get that kind of number as far as licenses sold or whatnot. That seems like that would have to come into the, the equation if you're going to call it overfish. 
the number of people fishing. Well, well, here's the thing. Let me put it in a smaller contained thing so maybe it's easy to understand. My pond is about a quarter acre, okay? Let's say that it's safe for me to, to do a test and I pull up 10 bass. If I got 10 bass, my spawning potential ratio, I got potential to replace those fish on an annual basis. Now, if I get 100 people fishing in there or I get 10 people fishing in there, if I still got those 10 fish... It's still safe, no matter how much was taken out of there, as long as what we're leaving is enough. And it, it, you can carry that over to a much bigger, you know, the whole estuary system, the whole coast of Louisiana, but it's the same principle. If there's enough fish left, no matter how many people are fishing, the numbers of people I don't think is important at all. It's if you've got that number that's left in there to replenish the species. Actually, it's something I learned in fish management a long time ago, and it was like a, an awakening. You know, the more fish you take out of a system, the more fish you'll have. It, it, you know, it's, it's not like a bank where you only got so much, and as you take it out, there's nothing ever going to be in there. The more you take out, the more reproduce, the more replenishes because there's more bait for them. Yeah, but well, what if a what if a big flood came and washed those fish out, and you check the numbers the next year? Would you call it overfish? Ah, ah, yeah, yeah, right. You say, yeah, I mean, then I've got to do something. Then over, I've got to do something. Points to humans. Overfishing points to humans, but you're automatically calling it something that's done by humans. But you're well. You're that's the only thing they can control. The right. I understand. I understand. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, Jason said, Jason said that that they couldn't they couldn't quantify any of the environmental impacts because they're not equipped to do that scientifically. Right, right. right. bigger exactly. bigger brains, bigger dollars, better you know different equipment, which I understand. But it only stands to reason that all of those environmental impacts do have a negative impact on the population. All of those things do. Mm-hmm. Right, but again, the the best measurement tool is what's left in there to to reproduce. You know, whether you have hot weather, cold weather, salty water, fresh water, if you've got a healthy number in there to replenish the species, you're doing the right thing. If you don't, then you got to look at some of these options to to change that. Yeah, I'd like to get y'all opinion on what options are would be the best, and what I don't, I do not like at all the, the closing of the seasons, or the uh, elimination of certain areas to fish for speckled trout. That's the only. Yeah, thing I, I agree would with say that. Is off limits. I agree with that. All right, we'll do that when we come back right after this break. You're listening to Hunt Fish Talk. Wendy Billiard, Don Dubuque, and Keith Lesher. We're talking speckled trout management. And restoration in this case, because the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries says it's been overfished. Since 2014, and it continues to go on. All right, when we left, we talked about, uh, Keith mentioned, uh, well, what are some of the possible scenarios? What do you think, where do you think it will end up? Wendy, uh, looking at this data, following discussion, listen to Jason Adrianz, and there's still a lot more information and questions to be answered. At this point, what's your best guess on where you think this might land? Well, Not necessarily what you'd like to see. Well, I'd like to back up and go off what Keith mentioned, the, the options of closed seasons or um, closed areas. I think closed areas is out. That's just out. That's just, that's, just, that's just too much to keep up with, too much to enforce. But I will play devil's advocate on this one for a closed season. What would happen if we close a season 
they spawn about six months out of the year. If the season were closed during spawning and we could only fish the other six months, which ends up being fall and winter when the trout are inland, would that not just take care of the problem because we're not taking any fish out of the water while they're spawning? But I know we, you know, we want to have our uh, eat our cake and have it too, or however you say that. <laughs> but would that not be a very quick way to take care of the problem? I think that think would be about a first for any yeah, any state in this country. I don't think anybody's ever done that, so that would be that would be drastic. Well, what would what would, would the what would the marinas and the you know yeah. bait shops yeah. and the you know people do and people who are on, take some vacations and plan them around you know closing seasons. They'll just fish for other species. I think it would would do wonders if you. Well, yeah, you could do that. You know, if you can. Redfish, flounder, sheephead, drum. I mean, you know, we still have other other species to fish. I'm just playing devil's advocate on that. Can we call that the wind the Wendy deal? How about if we name that the Wendy deal and we submit it? (laughs) Right. Oh my God! I'm going to have a cross burning in my yard tonight. (laughs) The Bayou Woman deal. Keith, Wendy, do you have any? You know, at this at this point, and it's very preliminary. Do you have any ideas where you think this is going to land? I think it's it's going to be a reduction in in the creel. I'm iffy with with the increase in size, but I I definitely think it's going to be a reduction in the daily creel. Uh, now, if they're going to come land on the, you know, above 15 or below 15, uh, I don't, I don't think they're going to go below 10. But I'll say, let's, you know, while we're talking about this, let's, let's, let's look. You mentioned the redfish, and boy, redfish is in such a, such a, such great shape. And now, you know, the fixed limit of five, nobody has a problem with that. If, if we can get speckled trout, if we can do to speckled trout what they did to redfish. Um, Boy, let them have it. Let, let's just let's get busy because that redfish population is is, is surely improved. And, and we, we like you said, Don. I mean, it's you can go out and catch a limit of redfish, and that's a, that's good meat for the freezer, and that's a very dependable fish. I think I think they they leave everything alone with the redfish. That's fine. So let's let's try to work for the speckled trout to to get improved, and whatever they come up with, I'm I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to make a guess because I, I, I really don't have near the information. I, I want to see from them, say, okay, we're going to do 13 and a limit of uh, 6, or we're going to do 14 and a limit of 8, or we're going to do 15 and a limit of uh, 10, and, and then that's going to produce, or we're going to go to a slot limit between such and such and such and keep one oversight, and then that will produce. And I want to see the specifics of, of what it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, at this well, point, just to pick a number and say this looks like this could be it, I, I just I don't see it. We need we need more from them. And I tried to get it from Jason, and I guess it's really not his job to, to come out with right. those. I think he wants more input from the public, get the public sentiment. And, and maybe by looking at it as the redfish, although I think speckled trout will be a lot easier to bring back than redfish because redfish take so long before they become a spawner, where twelve you know twelve inch trout is already spawning off the charts. So I think you you can reproduce speckled trout a lot quicker. So if you go tight and you know you get a slot limit that people are happy with, and you know a lot of it is all perspective. You know maybe someday whoever thought now I've been fishing at this a lot longer than y'all have. Well, maybe not Wendy, but she's close. But, <laughs> but I can remember, 
I can remember when redfish were unlimited, when they were 50 in conjunction with the trout, and when they were 25. And now they're down to five fish, and people are happy. Yes. You know, yep. it's in the eye of people the beholder. Like can we, yep. yeah, can we go to a time when, you know, we'll be able to keep eight to ten trout between a, a fair size, a 15 and a 22, and be happy with that because we can go catch yep. them all the time? They're going to be available because there's so many more in the water? I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. He, Jason mentioned quicker or slower. Where do y'all fall as far as they can take drastic uh, cuts and get it back within five years or – would you rather just a slow progression with, with minimal cuts? Uh, I understood it that they were going to go for the five years, and, and the only thing that would be adopted is something that will restore it either at or above the target in during that five-year period. They may not even go back and reevaluate and do another study on the uh, spawning potential and, until five years from now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which means the regulation would never be changed back. That's it could after the five years, five years, unless unless it's written into the program where if they do testing, preliminary testing, say a year or two after the new regulations are put in and they see where they've already reached the target or above, then maybe it yeah. could fall back. But that would have to be written into the, the rule for that to happen. Well, maybe yeah, I'm wrong, like but I think the majority of the fishing population is just like we are. This is too vague. It's not enough information. So at these public hearings, or they're not, I don't know that they're having meetings or hearings. I'm not sure about that. I wasn't clear on that. But in the public comment considerations, I think the general fishing population will go simply for a creel reduction. That's, that's mm-hmm. just my guess. My best guess is that the majority of people who comment are going to say reduce the, the daily limit. That's what okay, I Okay, so Jason comes back and he says, fine, we're going to keep it at 12-inch but you're only going to be able to keep three fish. Yeah. Then what are they going to say? And that's a real possibility looking at these numbers. Oh, I don't know. Just because the population in go below 10. Okay. okay, I think everybody will agree to 15. I'm sorry, I didn't clarify. Because, <laughs> again, because, again, because 55%. Okay, Calcus, you set the bar. That's just the number that has everybody, everybody I've talked to has used the number 15. Well, One friend even said they already know they're going to reduce it to 15. That's what this is all about. They just want to reduce the limit to 15. But he personally thinks 15 any size. I looked at him like he had three heads. 15 fish any size? Yeah, Good how do you grief. enforce that? How do you inf- The only way you can enforce it is within your possession. What you release can't be enforced. So is somebody correct. really catch keeping the first fifteen they catch? How do you how will you ever police that? Unless well, we you get know, a whole lot more agents with catch, binoculars. Those people who only catch three trout, they're gonna go out when they know the birds are diving and they're gonna catch their fifteen and they're gonna hoop and holler and do a happy dance all the way back to the dock. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guarantee yeah. you they're gonna need every fifteen of those ten inch fish to make a meal. Because there is yeah. not much meat on a 10-inch trout. Yeah. Well, after looking at all this stuff, I come away with a size increase being the most effective way to keep more fish in the water. You know, you can if you want to keep them happy with the number, yeah, give them 15, give them 20, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you got to catch a 16- or 17-inch trout to keep him. That's going to leave a lot of fish in the water. 
Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. You you well, you up that number. It, it's going to leave a lot of fish in the water. I mean, you think about how many fish you catch under 16. That's the majority absolutely. of time you catch in under 16. Absolutely. So. And then you got the mortality ratio to figure in, too. You know, the, the rate of uh, mortality on fish that are hooked and released with a treble hook and fish and live bait and that type of thing. I'll tell you what, there's a lot more to be talked about. We're not even close to coming at a conclusion on this. I can tell you that. We're going to be talking about this for months on end. It seems like we've been talking about it for a year. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been trying to figure out the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll 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 hear some of the fire coming out of the first uh, public hearings. I can tell you that. Well, Don, I want you to know that your your marine biologist buddy Gerald Horst put in did that fact sheet on the trout, and it says that seventy three percent the the trout have a seventy three percent survival rate. That's that pretty good. That more trout that's survive that you throw back than, than you would think. That's good. So I, that's I good hope that's news. correct. I do too. Because if okay, they well, that size big enough, we're going to be throwing back a lot of fish. Yes, we will. All right, enjoyed it as always. Thank you guys for doing it. And uh, Keith, uh, what you got coming up next on more on uh, hunt fish? To- I'm sorry, North Shore Fishing uh, Report. Got so North many Shore shows fishing I get confused. <laughs> we got Andy Jones, and we're going to talk some uh, sockeye fishing with Ray Miller. Uh, the spawn's right around the corner, Don. So we're talking all about that next hour. All right, very good. Wendy, uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you all again, and thanks for listening. We'll see you uh, coming up after the top of the hour break. Keith with his North Shore Fishing Buddies in the North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors.